Welcome to the Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub podcast. AGS is a leading provider of agronomy services, exclusive products, and unrivaled customer support. Underpinned by a well-qualified and experienced team of former sports turf managers. AGS. Supply. Consult. Support. Hello and welcome to AGS Turfer Podcast. Today is an international affair with international man of mystery, Mr. Joe Curtis. Currently head greenkeeper at Diamond Club Ottenstein. So, Joe Curtis from Austria with love. Hi Joe Hendy, how are you? I'm good mate. Yeah, I, I never thought when I met you all those years ago, I'd be doing this um, with you living in Austria. So I think we first met when you were at South Cerny. Yeah, that was right. That's a thought. Oh, it seems a lifetime ago now, but things have moved on. People move on, and I've got this amazing opportunity in Austria, and um, loving life. As a rule, I'd usually go straight with the vital statistics, but it's an international affair today. So, so tell me, in reverse, how did you start in the industry? So, um, well, when I was younger, uh, my mum and dad um, took a job as stewards at Ross on my golf club. I was only 11. We lived in the flat above the golf club. And that's what got me into greenkeeping. In the summer, I used to help out uh, the greenkeepers raking bunkers, got me into golf. So when I was leaving school, I was like, well, what do I want to do? And decided, went to Hartbury College and did a two-year diploma in greenkeeping. Nice. Um, and that's what really got me into golf, was working, living on a golf course um, and just found this sort of career. And where did you start? So you, what was your first club? Was that, was that South Cerny or? No, it was actually, it was actually Gloucester Golf Club. So oh, right, okay. Yeah, doing work experience at Gloucester Golf Club and doing a little bit of a circle and ended up back there before I um, came on this adventure. So tell me, so so you were so obviously you were at Gloucester Golf Club, South Sony Golf Club, back to Gloucester as a head man. How did the opportunity in Austria come, come about? How, did you see a job advertised? or? Yeah, it was actually advertised on um, the bigger website and I'd always fancied doing something completely different. When I was younger, um, I, I, Europe, working abroad, always, always jumped out at me of something I'd love to do and a different challenge and this came about just just give it a try time felt right I was enjoying my job opportunities come around so sometimes you just got to take them um applied for the job obviously then COVID hit so the whole process of interview was all as we are now via Zoom WhatsApp um Teams yeah so it was quite a quite tough to really get the the concept of the, the company the course i think i had three different interviews i had video tours around the golf course but all online yeah it was all online. yeah even after i was offered the job and I accepted it until i actually came here i hadn't seen the golf course well you've not set foot on the ground no now obviously i've known you for quite a few years but you're obviously a family man with a wife and children how the, how the hell did you manage to get out of the line with a with a family in tow? Obviously, your wife's very understanding. Yes. Oh well, obviously we got we got we had to get married once we moved out here. That's all to do with visas and things like that. But we weren't married before we moved out. But obviously, one of the hardest things was um, I have two children that live with their their mother um, in England. So that was one of the hardest things. Was were they okay with with us coming out here? What how easy was it for them to come out and visit and things like that? Um, we're getting around. COVID has been a bit of a, a stumbling block for certain things, but we speak on every, every day. We have FaceTime. October for a week, they're coming over here. So, yeah, that was the hardest thing. But So, so you've got the two kids back in the UK, and over in yeah. Austria, you've got three? Three now. 
Blimey. So yeah, Rosie, um, Chester and George, I think I got the names right. So, <laughs> it was a case of like, they were young. It was, the time was now. Before they started school, they were only babies. So we thought we'll give it a try. Um, give it two years. If it, if it worked out, amazing. If it didn't, then we had the opportunity to come back before the children were old enough to start school. Brilliant. Uh, so, so you're over there, so, so you're in as course manager. I suppose, tell me a bit about the course and what's, what's the course like? So, Parkland Golf Course, in, it's actually classed as Lower Austria, um, but it's actually north of the country, in what they class as the Wood Quarter. They call it the Wide Metal. It's quite high, we're about 700 metres above sea level, so we, we do get very cold um, in the winter, a lot of snow, a lot of frost, um, meaning we're, we're closed for the winter, which was a very strange thing for my first so, so when, when, did, when did you fly? So, so you joined back in the summer, was it last year? We're doing the talking 12 months, literally to, to the day, a couple of weeks away. Okay, so you've nearly done a year then? Yeah, yeah. So straight in the middle of the season, um, chucked in at the deep end. The, the whole visa process took a lot, of, a lot of work. I was offered the job in January. The visa wasn't sorted until the May. Um, right, okay. Brexit. So... Uh, Eventually, we got a guy here. I was hoping to be here in March, so I had a bit of a, a transition period, a bit of a, a gap before it got busy. Yeah. Because obviously, the, the season here is, like all courses, but it's very compacted because of the, the opening times. We're not open 12 months a year. Um, so, so in the spring then, so it opens, what, as soon as the frost, sort of, as, as when the snows go? Or? I think, look at the calendar now, we opened on the... The 24th of March, which was actually the same day that the baby was born. Right, okay. So it was a bit of a, that was a bit of a stressful week. But yeah, 20, 24th of March, we opened this year. And when would you, when would you expect it to close? Does it, close, does it just close itself as soon as it comes cold? Or? Yeah, we have a, a final tournament at the end, the last weekend of October. And that's kind of like the closing, closing ceremony. Okay. And then literally, it may open for a couple of weeks in November on and off. But once we, we feel the temperatures are dropping, it was down to my decision. And that's that? When and if we want to close it. Very, very strange. Right, okay. So you you didn't strike me as a sort of man who's bilingual. Um, now, when you moved out there, is there was there a, obviously, a, I'm assuming, is it German or Austrian? What do they speak in Austria? Austrian? It's German, but um, a very strong dialect up here. Right, okay. So you've moved over there. You, I'm assuming you speak no German at, at the time? No, no, we've done, we've started we started courses um, during the winter, so I'm learning bits. I've kind of stopped for a little bit now since we've had the little one, and obviously we're a bit busy. And we start again um, back end of the year, but no, I'm I'm learning bits. I'm picking bits up. So staff wise, then how's that? So how many staff have you got? So we've got seven greenkeepers plus me plus a full time mechanic, so nine nine in total. Right, and communication wise, do they speak pidgin English or English or? German or no. right. So how how you get, how you find the communication? Tough. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the questions I know you ask is like, well, what's the one of the hardest thing is communication wise is hard. So I've got one greenkeeper that speaks English, so he's kind of not not my second in command, but he's more my official translator. <laughs> well, he's always on your shovel there. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, hang on a minute, come here, Christian, come and help me. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, like, he, he, he actually quite enjoys it, I think, because um, he's got a bit more of a responsibility than we had before. Yeah. Uh, 
So he's, he's flourishing, really. Um, but Google Translator is is the, the most important thing. Yeah. Um, being able to, to communicate that way and then obviously through, through Christian. Most of the staff are, are understanding if I point and say, stream this or mow this. And it, it's getting better. Then I can obviously, I'm picking bits up now, work-wise communication, if that makes sense, rather than general communication. Brilliant. Okay. That was a bit of a prelude into your vital statistics. Joe, quick fire round. How many holes? 18 holes. How many hectares? 72. This took some research, this one. All right. <laughs> Bunkers? 27. 27. Staff. I've already answered that, to be fair, but staff. So we've got seven greenkeepers, um, myself, and a full-time mechanic. Okay. Um, obviously, a mechanic. The answer is yes. Uh, memberships. What sort of size memberships do you get over there? So... Um, I've actually just done this today. We've had we've got 409 members that are officially members of our golf course. Yeah. Uh, we have another golf course which is called Diamond Country Club. Um, we're about 45 minutes away from them, um, and they have 700 members that are able to use our golf course. Right. Okay. So they can use it for so many times. They have so many vouchers for the year, so it's a more um, substantial golf course, a bit higher membership, but they can play our golf course. All right. And they've got seven, they've got, no, they got nearly 900 actually, no, 900. Yeah, quite okay. Um, longest hole? We have the 18th is 556 metres, which is 586 yards. Shortest hole? Is the 17th, a par, obviously par three, 148 metres, 161 yards. Again, I had to do some trans... Some working out on <laughs> um, what time is your alarm set in the morning? Well, depending on what time the baby wakes up, but officially the work alarm's 5 a.m. 5 a.m. So, um, if you excuse my ignorance, so over in Austria then, time wise, are, are they on the same UK time as, as England or are you ahead or behind? We're, so, we're an hour ahead. So, time now is two o'clock here, so you, you're one o'clock. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, so it's not it's not too much different. How about things like day, like daylight, winter, summer, similar sort of. Yeah, similar. Yeah, similar sort of times. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what's your typical day? Whew. So, first of all, obviously, check the weather is the most important thing. Um, see what the weather's doing. Obviously, I plan around um, uh, a very busy calendar. Um, so, sort of planning work around that. Um, coming in, and making sure the first thing is the coffee machine's on for the staff. Normally, I'm pretty planned the night before where I'll have all the jobs prepped um, and then just write them on a, on a, on a whiteboard. And most of the basic jobs I can write in German. Um, yeah. So, and then just write their names and their names are put next to jobs and then they'll have a list of tasks that should get them through, through the day. Obviously, things can change, um, but they, they pretty much set for the day if there's any changes i need to do then i'll speak to, to christian my official translator slash slash greenkeeper and he, he he can communicate but then also i can use translate we have a whatsapp group message that i can write in english which translates to german then it goes through oh, nice. so it, it, it does work things to make sure they're happy with everything communication wise so uh back in the uk i remember you're a bit of a golfer yeah. Are you playing much golf out there, or are you with that many kids? Not at all. 
Nah, no, I've, I've played a few times. There's, there's an English um, Greenkeeper Society, more based in Vienna way, which is about an hour away from where we are, because most of them are English head Greenkeepers, but because we're quite far, far out, I haven't had a chance to enjoy it as much. So no, I've probably played about half a dozen times since I've been here in 12 months. Okay, and food-wise... What, what are you eating over there? So, you know, who's got the best lunches, who's got the worst lunches, or I mean, what's, what's the food situation? So, it's very strange, right? So normally I leave them to have their breaks themselves because they're all chatting and I haven't got a clue what's being said. I try yeah. to listen. Um, so I normally sit in my office, but today I went and sat with them and just have a look to see what their lunches were. They all have chopping boards, right? And right. knives. And it's all... Most of them are all the same. So it's bread... Cheeses, salamis, tomatoes, and they're all chopping up their bits and bit, bits of salami and bits of sausage and oh, nice. having it on with mustard. And that is, they're literally the same every day. Well, to be fair, it sounds quite, sounds decent. But it is, it is quite nice. And this is, they've got a selection of, um, they put it in the middle and they tend to share. Oh, right. So it's like a, yeah, so it's, it's a, like an American it's banquet like, type thing. Like a, the Greenkeeper's Banquet. Yeah. Uh, Mustard and pickles, and and that's what they have every day. So I, I do ask, I've decided I might get my own chocolate board. And go <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would definitely. My ham, my ham sandwich is getting a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> so the course itself, you mentioned a bit earlier about is in the north, is in the north of Austria. Yeah, and this is classed lower Austria. So you have we have some stunning, stunning views. Um, but obviously, the mountains are more classed as Upper Austria. It's just like kind of back to front. So. Okay, and history-wise, is it quite an old course? Uh, it's built in eighty-eight on old old, old farmland. Um, as it as in nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. yeah. So no specific designer, designed by the the local landowner, but was recently bought by the consortium Diamond Club, um, which has three golf courses hotels um so it's one specific owner that owns you think he's got some shopping malls and things like that so obviously you started the industry quite a few years back what's the biggest changes you've seen between then and now obviously i've listened to a lot of these podcasts and yeah um re- restrictions on chemicals and things things like that have made a massive massive impact on the way we can how well we can do our job and how we do it so yeah Doing that, I and mean, probably the advance in machinery as well. There's a lot, a lot more machinery and better quality machinery that you can use nowadays to try and produce better services, better golf courses. So it's kind of like the the product range reduction, and then also the quality of the machinery has had an equal impact. Again, excuse my my ignorance of of, of Austria, but are you under the same sort of um, chemical restrictions over there? Are there more things available to you? Can you source machinery? So, yeah, chemical-wise, pretty much the same sort of um, restrictions. Um, no different with fungicides and things being banned. Um, so, yeah, the same problems that people have in the UK at the moment, it's no different to here. Machinery-wise, yeah, everything's available. The same Toro, John Deere, but obviously just from different different companies. There's companies in mainly Germany is the main supplier, and then they supply into Austria. There's a lot. Of, there is a few golf courses here. Not not thousands. I think there's 170 golf courses in the whole of Austria. Oh right, okay. Yeah, compared to England, I, can't, I don't know how many is in the UK, England. Um, 
I imagine considerably a lot more than that. Well, we got that many in Bristol, I think. Yeah. Bristol, <laughs> that's right, there he is, mate. Right, so, okay, um, what would be your fantasy hole? So, I play like today, and as you said, I've played a bit of golf, I've played some lovely courses, and there is some fantastic links type holes, but I've got to say, working on Parkland Golf Course all my life, it would be something where you sat on a tee, you really got to think about the tee shot, not necessarily whack the driver as far as you can down the hole, maybe a bit of water, maybe a, a bunker in the in line. So something that that's, makes you think about it rather than just hit it as far as you can, um, as far as you can. It's just a hole you have to think about, maybe a little bit of water, um, lay up maybe, but something that tests the golf in mind rather than how big a hitter you are. Nice. All right. Sounds good. Um, game changers. In, in in your time in industry, what products have come along where you thought, oh, that's a bit of a game changer? So I'm, I'm going to have to go what everybody else said in the past. Before I came up, I've never, never had to or never had budgets to use things like, like Primo. But over the last couple of weeks, since it's really taken off here, um, I've got, obviously, a better budget, better quality machinery here. So I've been able to to have Primo and wow what a what a product that is. I was coming in well, I was here till six, seven o'clock. I was coming in on Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, trying to keep on top of rust. I was like, right, I can't do this anymore. Like let's just it's, the fuel prices are the same as England. They're like two euros a litre. Right. So get it out there and wow what a literally it's like a massive like change straight away and for me it's something I've never had to use or had budgets to use. Turn our attention to your greens. Um, yeah. Soil composition, what's your holy grail but what are you currently working with and what, what are your options out there in Austria? So same what same sort of options as UK. We're mainly power Ben obviously the power is showing up a little bit more at the moment um, yeah. with the seed head. And, 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 and would that be would it be creeping bent because of the colder winters? Yes. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get in over the next couple of years um, is get some more bent in to try and you're not going to out with the power it's always going to be there but obviously managing it better I'm trying to just get a bit more bent in I'm having these these, these budget better budgets meaning I can do it maybe a couple of times a season yeah um, obviously the window's shorter short with bent but the window's shorter here because I, it's it was very cold and it kind of like flicks a switch and then it just goes Changes completely. Right. Okay. Well, with the creeping, I, I mean, because creeping bent sort of dormant through the winter, yeah. it's, it should be more resilient to the cold through the winter, less disease susceptible. Yeah. So usually, what you should find back end of the year, it was sit under snow for, for a period of months, and the following spring just kick on. I mean, when it gets to when when it gets to the autumn, are you, are you applying preventative fungicides? Are you sheeting? Well, what do you have to do to sort of shut the course down? So obviously, it was it, this year, the first year two years always going to be a learning curve and I've learned so much so much in the last 12 months even in the last couple of weeks about how I do things differently next year how I've done things right so no it was more a case of a couple of preventatives so I put one down back in the season before we had some snow coming in so I got one down and then we had a bit of a mild period in January just after Christmas um, and there was some stocking available from the previous head greenkeeper um, so I was lucky enough, I got another one down. So it came out pretty clean. There was a couple of greens that had a bit of snow mold. But speaking to the staff, 
members, it's the weaker greens, it's the ones that sit lower, shaded. Yeah, it's again, it's, it's learning. It's... I find it quite interesting, like on the likes of Twitter and social media, in, in the spring, when you do see the green coopers abroad, and the ones that are sprayed the fungicides, and the ones who have got snow mold, and the greens didn't get it, or it's always quite interesting when you see the approaches and the surrounds, and the greens are spotless where they spray the fungicide, but you can see where it's run out, yeah. and that bit of snow mold. Yeah, yeah the, fair, the fairways, there's been three or four fairways that got hit worse than others, um, but we haven't got the budgets to, to complete spray the fairways. Maybe next year, um, if there's anything left over, then budget wise, then those two or three fairways, more areas rather than the whole fairways. Yeah. I might say, right, let's just try this year um, and, sp and spray those areas if, if the budget allows and just see, see what see what happens next year. And, and, fertilizer, and fertilizer wise, what, what, what sort of, um, on your greens then, are you, are you following a greens program? Is, is it sort of um, taboo over there? Is it organic? Is it synthetic? What, what are you trying to feed? There was there was a lot of when I first came there was a lot there was a lot of stock um, left over from the previous hedging the greenkeeper um, so I kind of like, had to use some of that up really to get rid of it yeah uh, I think he bought everything in before he left which was fair enough because it gave me a a bit of a a kickstart going into June July when it was really busy I'm trying different things I was predominantly one type of company before. And I'm kind of like trying to gauge a few different companies, different types of fertilizers. And, and is that and that sourcing it out of the UK or for Austria or what? What, what you sort of? You can actually do you can actually do both. The one issue with it coming from the UK now is import tax. Right. Is it can hit you really hard. So that that's one thing. So to be honest, it's easier for me to have a, for example, a company. Um, Evergreen, based in Germany, that comes supply straight into their factory, and then we're not paying the tax. That's there. If I ran up a company in England and then order it to be shipped here, then I'd end up with yeah, all sorts of tax issues and that yeah. sort of thing. No, no, a lot of that's to do with Brexit. Um, right. Okay. So obviously, there's things I've used in the past that I might not use again, but. You've got to look at budgets, so if I can get some of it here for the same price, it does a good enough job, then they're going to say, well, I'd rather you not spend the next yeah, of course. 10 euros back on travel costs. Okay, and, and with um, with creeping bent grass, have you got a slightly higher um, N input, because it's a hungrier grass, or...? Yeah, the N input's higher. I was always quite low back, back in England. Um, it seemed to hold the... Um, Oh dear. It just—it seemed to be more of like a grass factory, didn't it? But it could be 80 kg a year. Yeah. Um, looking at previous plans and things that they put on, they've been pretty high, where um, up to 170, 180 kg. I was about to say year. 150 to 180. I'd be thinking on, on a creeping bent sward. Yeah. Um, and oh, obviously yeah. that that then encourages your power, unfortunately. Yeah. Double to what I've been used to. So kind of back to um, like learning different things. Which is which is great for me for my career um, going forward. Yeah. Um, learning different things. And that, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to take the job was to, to to learn more. That's exciting. Um, I mean, more wildlife. What sort of wildlife are you get in Austria? Yetis. Uh, 
we got we got lots of we got we got two resident swans, which are my enemies. They they tend to on my first week the one bit me, so uh, <laughs> no, they got they got some they had some babies last year, and they just hatched some more this year, so they're going to be around for a while. Um, we had some deer, lots of hares, not no rabbits, hares. They look more like. Mini donkeys than yeah. hares. They are huge. And when they get, when they get shifted, hares are fast, aren't they? God, yeah, they are. Um, apparently, because we've got lots of woodland around us, there are wild wolves, um, but I haven't had the pleasure yet of seeing any of them. No. Uh, so I'll look forward to that. And I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, I may have to have a word with um, Matt from Siren Sister. Um, we've seen lots of butterflies. Okay. Um, the weather's getting a bit warmer. Um, the, we have fields around us, farmers' fields, so lots of flowers. Um, oh, decent. Yeah, okay, yeah. so on course then. Um, obviously, you've had a, you've had a year or so to look, look around the course. Um, what's your favourite hole? Uh, my favourite hole is things I can make anything up because nobody's ever been to this course. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favourite hole? Talk yeah. me through it. It's the the sixth hole, so it's not um, it's not a long hole. It is. Just, it's only 310 yards, but it's got a bit of a dog leg to the right. Uh, out of bounds down the left, um, some water on the right. So you've got to be, again, it's like my, I've talked about one of my dream holes is, you've actually got to think about it. Maybe um, uh, a rescue to the middle of the fairway, and uh, an eight, nine iron in, into a green um, with water on the right. So again, it's, it's not the, some people wouldn't pick it, but because you've got to think about what you're doing, Rather than hitting a driver 250, 60 yards down the middle, um, there's better ways to play it. So, so, so what, what sort of dist- what sort of distance are we talking? So it's only three. Yeah, like I said, three. Oh yeah, yeah, you did say actually. Um, stroke index. Meters. I've got to get that right. Three hundred ten meters. Meters, right? So okay. Probably three forty yards. All right, cool. And what's the toughest hole to play on the course? What what would be your card record if you were playing around? So our, our third hole, um, again, it's another another short hole, 281 metres, yeah. so for about 300 yards. You can, so I've seen people go for the green, but you have to carry two ponds um, into like an island green um, with a stream behind. So it's a, it's a, a risk or reward um, hole, but I have seen people go for it. So it's mainly really an iron down the middle, and then you've got to play over a big lake onto like an island green so i've seen a lot of people in the water um and it's only the third hole so that's it you could be two or three balls on there all right what's in the shed fair bit of machinery and all toro which is all which is new to me i've used bits of old toro um but i was mainly i've used baroness in the past john deere so toro was i was pleased when i when I rocked up having not seen anything. Yeah. But um, it was a, a top end Toro sheds. Brilliant. And is that is that because you've got an agreement with Toro or is it because Toro Supply particularly well or they're probably the predominant company and the other golf course has a the other golf course actually is a European tour rent venue of okay. Western Open. So they've had deals with Toro. So we kind of get after a couple of years we get there second-hand machine which is fine it's still good quality machinery yeah it's not a bad thing is it that's a world yeah. world from gloucester that's for sure yeah exactly and what's your favorite piece of kit 
here, I have to go with a spinner top dresser. At Gloucester, I was, I would say, unfortunate, but I only had a, a brush dresser, which was a drop, drop, drop top dresser. Yeah. Before I left, I, I ordered a, a new spinner top dresser. Unfortunately, it never arrived before I left. <laughs> yeah. So I kept a bit fortunate to, to get that after all the years of me trying to push for an extra kit. I think before I left the yard, he was lucky enough to get three bits of kit in when he arrived. So, but having the spinner top dresser means I can go out little and often um, in between tournaments rather than having to heavy dress two or three times a year. Yeah. So again, it's changing my practices and learning more. What's your favourite bit of kit ever? I hopefully, hopefully going to get this on order next week. Touch wood. Um, is an Air Two G Two. Nice. It's, we have we've got Procore, which is a great bit of kit. Everybody loves it. It's one of the best bits of kit out there. But having something a little bit different, and I've seen great results of it when we tried it at Gloucester. Um, on certain greens, we, have, we had some very, very wet greens there, and it made a big difference. But it's been able to go out there and do some work and also not create much damage to the surface, meaning golfers won't even know you've done it. It's one of the areas we need to address here is, is further down in the, the soil structure, is trying to, trying to break it up a little bit. And, and would that be sort of say, any sort of future course projects that you've got planned, aeration, that sort of thing? Yeah, the greens are very, very good. They were very, very good when I came here. They've done a lot of microcoring over the years, um, so the surface is very, very good. It needs a bit more um, deeper work, trying to get the roots a little bit deeper. One of my jobs this winter was to produce a, a plant that we of areas that I think we need to, to move on to the next level. So we created a, a five-year plan of big jobs, little jobs, with a, a desired structure, time structure to do them in. Which we produced to the the owners, um, which they were they never had anything like that before. So that was a positive on my side. So again, it's just putting those into practice. This can be from a lot of it is tree. I like would cover by a lot of woodlands, a lot of tree work, a lot of um, and having those numbers of staff um, makes jobs makes those sort of jobs a lot easier. So with so with the winter then and winter work, obviously you shut you shut down for the winter. You have done your plan. But what did you do? And with, with sort of seven, eight, nine of you, what, what, what are you doing apart from tobogganing? So, I, I gutted the sheds. There was a lot of old stuff that was just, so it was hired a skip. The actual staff don't work the winter either. Well, okay. So I was, so the staff finished end of November and start back, um, a couple started back early February, the rest started back end of February. So it was, it was again, another strange thing. Um, the mechanic had six weeks off so i was kind of in and out sorted out a lot of things i sorted out the office sorted out the sheds if there was a chance for me to go out and do something i would but most of the time it was it was under snow all right so, so, so when they come back you, you didn't have like a shining moment give it the old here's joey <laughs> yeah <it was> <laughs> I, oh i can actually speak to somebody even though i can't understand what they're saying <laughs> uh, people people <laughs> Welcome. I was hugging them and <laughs> <laughs> what? what 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 you want about? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but no, it was yeah, that again, another another thing I'm not used to. Maybe depending on what the weather's like, they may stay on a little bit later this year and come back a little bit earlier because we produce this plan of work we want to do and obviously you can't do that in 
nine months worth of the, of the year. You need these quiet moments. So if there is an area of time where the, the snow's melted or it's a bit milder, then obviously I need bodies to be able to do those jobs. Right. Now, obviously I've known you quite a few years. Now, in my mind, you're a man You're a man who loves a freebie. Now, I follow you on Twitter, oh. and I've seen you going for free, free pairs of pants, socks. Obviously, the podcast comes with a hat. Uh, oh, you, yeah, like you didn't know. <laughs> if you can see, his face is lit up. Now, you also had a trip once to uh, Disneyland, I think. You, did you win that? Oh yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a, a trip to America, and also I'd um, I was lucky enough to go to um, San Diego to the Bernard's delegation this year as well. well I, I saw that the other day. I thought there's a man who loves a freebie. <laughs> I've done, I twice. I've done pretty well, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say. Too much. Now, with that Bernard's delegation, have you, have, you, have you been now? Sorry, you have been. Yeah, so we went in, we went in uh, yeah, February. And how was that? Oh, unbelievable. It was, people, I spoke to, um, a few people who have been on it before, so I spoke to Lucy, been on it to Orlando the year before, two years before, and she said, oh, so it's an amazing trip, you'll, you'll be on it, you'll make friends for life, and to be honest, like, I went over there, I just wasn't sure what it was going to be like. I was, yeah, I was looking forward to it. I would get on with the people. There were some big names, but there was some people that worked at some big courses. Um, the head man from Glen Eagles, the head man from North Berwick. So there's some really good courses. And so we all got on like house on fire. It was brilliant. I've never got on well with ten, you know, nine strangers like that. We just clicked. And to be honest, they're there. They've been, they've been great. Like we speak. We've got a WhatsApp group we speak every day. We've got a, um, well, we call it the San Diego reunion. We're all off to um, Prague for a long weekend. <laughs> well, so, so, so right for some. Who's, and who's and, sponsoring uh, that? <laughs> um, Bernard's again. <laughs> so, or, or bigger. <laughs> so, as these are, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of friends with Steve Chappell. I've known Steve Chappell a few years. And obviously, he's out at um, Royal Bled out there in Slovakia. Now that's quite a prestigious golf course. I think it once was once owned by the king, that sort of thing. So over in Austria, where are we looking in, in the standings? What's what's your course? Is it, is it fairly elitist, or is it sort of your your standard parkland, or where does it rank on the? Give me a UK equivalent of of, of your standard. When I first came here, there was um, an incentive. There's a an organization called the Leading Golf Courses over in Austria. It's in Germany and Switzerland as well. And they call it 24-carat golf, okay? Okay. There is 14, there was 14 golf courses in Austria on this program. You can, you can, you can Google leading golf courses, and if anybody wants to look into it, they can. And when I came in, the, the plan was they wanted to get onto this leading golf course within three years. And this comes with people come and do random checks. So they play golf, and they check everything from fairway quality, greens quality, to range balls to the restaurant and then they you get points and it's it's a long it's a big process so to get on to that you needed to score an average score the same as the other 14 golf courses yeah and then if you did then you were invited into this prestigious leading golf course we managed to do it in the first year oh nice so for me, that was a massive achievement and the team to get on in 12 months. I wasn't expecting to get on there. It was more of a, a learning about what they're looking for. So this year, we could 
better it and, and get on it this year. Was That was my initial plan. Um, but we actually scored out of all of the of 14, we came in second place for the, for the overall score. Well, I, I, don't you, I don't usually do sound effects, but I'll give that, I'll give that a round of applause. Yeah, I, I haven't got a sound effects button. <laughs> so no, that was, it was a bit like, but what you could see from the reports, the scores were getting better yeah. as the season went on. So we were learning from the mistakes or the, the and then also, so everything was getting better, but also the consistency was staying the same. And we have, if you, I've got the brochure next to me, you look in there and you can go on the website and look, there's some stunning golf course in there. Um, so we're now, there's actually 16 golf courses now, and never one got on it last year. Yeah. Uh, so, going back to your original question, where does it compare? Um, it's a massive step up from Gloucester. Um, bigger budget, bigger staff, bigger expectations. Oh, it's hard to say where it would. Um, you look at courses like, Mention Hampton. Yeah. Um, the ones I know. From down, from down our way, sort of so, around the Minch level, that sort of thing. Um, Bristol and Clifton. Yeah. I'd say that's the expectation. That's where where I would put it. Uh, but further afield, yeah, some people might come and say, yeah, maybe it's not as good or it's better. or But that's that's the sort of level I, I think it's at. Cool. Well, I'll you, just, just, just as an aside, we... we they just play all those places. Um, oh, do yeah, that yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, you, you didn't know. I don't like to say, as a rule, I don't like to plug AJS, but um, we do supply all those places. Um, right, okay then. So, who would you say, who's been your biggest influence in the industry? Early on in my career, I was lucky. I worked at Celtic Manor for, for four years. So, I was lucky enough to do Welsh Open. So, Jim McKenzie has always been a, a, friend, a friend of mine. It's always been there if I've needed somebody to talk to on the phone or have a chat with. But since I moved over here, you talked about him before, it's actually Steve Chappell. Um, yeah. I spoke to him a few times before I um, took this job, got some advice, and we've had a few text conversations. Finally, we had a, actually have an hour on a video call last week. Just talking about, he gave me a lot of advice, um, more winter advice. So that's where I was trying to, how, how he does it. And um, so hopefully we can become good friends. He invited me down there, and I've invited him up here. Hopefully nice. maybe back the year, me and the family will hopefully go down and visit them, and he's going to come up maybe to Vienna for a weekend. And oh, brilliant! Well, that's good. So those, those are two people, and obviously since the Bernard trip, some of the the boys from there. I'm not going to mention their names because I forget some of them. Um, but they they're, they're great. Like we're always feeding ideas on the chat. It's not just a a laugh. It's is Serious chats, there's always talks about new chemicals and um, how they've done things. So, oh, brilliant! Yeah. So, um, obviously, you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter? If anyone wants to follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, God, I think it's Joe is 85. I think. Do you know what I could do? I could look on Twitter now and just check that at Joe Curtis 85. And that's J O E C U R T I S 85 at Joe Curtis. So if anyone wants to give Joe a follow, you can do. I've always put things on about the golf course and um, try to get more freebies, but yeah, <laughs> not much left. <laughs> um, now, obviously, golf courses wouldn't be anywhere without their members. What are the worst habits? You have you can you can compile a list if you like. So I doubt they're listening. What's the worst habits Austrian golfers have on your course? 
they're a lot better than the English screen not English screen keepers, English golfers. They seem to have more pride in their golf course. They seem to look out more. But you're gonna go with the, the normal the pitch marks, the 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 not raking the bunkers, but one of my biggest pet hates is litter. Okay. Take it home. If you bring it if you bring your sandwich, your bottle of drink, put it in your bag, put it in a bin, we'll empty it. Don't drop it on the fairway. Like we've got it's hard enough job as it is. Lift my bugbear. So if your modern day self could offer your younger self any words of advice, what would they be? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, don't be afraid to to broaden your horizons. You can always take the easy road and stick with the same job. This isn't a dig at anybody, um, but sometimes move out your comfort zone there's it's a big wide world out there um and explore there's so many opportunities you see jobs advertised all the time in europe nowadays australia so try try different things learn different things learn different cultures try and learn a different language that was i'll get there eventually do it some two years time and i'll be whole conversation in german (laughs) (laughs) well Um, um joe it's been a pleasure right uh I've been Joe Hendy uh, for the Sofa Podcast. He's been Joe Curtis, head greenkeeper of Diamond Club Ottenstein. And that's the international one done. That is it. Um, yeah, so catch us next time on the Sofa Podcast. Um, yeah, until then, uh, be safe. And hopefully, I might see you all soon. I'm back at Harrogate and I'm back over in October. So if anyone fancies a beer, a free beer, obviously. If anyone wants to buy Joe a beer, you can. Of course. <laughs> and obviously, I, I, as far as the title goes, I'm going to call this one, uh, I think, from Austria with Love. I like that one. Yeah, I've refrained from an idiot abroad. Some people might say that. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your time, mate. Obviously, don't be a stranger. It'd be good to chat to you again soon, so um, keep it good. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. For more information, visit advancedgrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancedgrass.